0: Latvia Weekly, your independent guide to the news in Latvia, with your hosts, Otto Tabuns and Joe Horgan. Latvia and welcome to episode number 122 of the Latvia Weekly podcast. I am your uh, one of your hosts, Joe Horgan, here on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening, around nine thirty, and I'm joined uh, remotely, as usual in this crazy pandemic situation, by my good friend and colleague Otto Taboons. And uh, how are you today, Otto? Oh, hello,
1: Joe. Hello, dear listeners. It's a beautiful day, even though it is cooler than it was yesterday, and I think uh, that just warns us about uh, this little cold front that probably will be the last step before the summer or uh, spring. Uh, appears. You know, the times flank so fast it, uh, it feels much uh, later in the year than it is already. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no Kenny. Well, it's it's weird because you know, we I think we're so used to time going very slowly because of COVID that that yeah, this this spring has just really flown by. I couldn't believe that it was the 20th of uh April already. And um yeah, you know, just a quick word about the weather. Uh, you know, we don't do a full weather forecast anymore, but uh, I can say that this has been the nicest uh, kind of warmest weather that we've had all year the last few days and uh, as Otto mentioned, uh, I heard there there was a, you know, chance of snow on thursday i i heard that somewhere um so you know it's it's one of those uh kind of weird springs where things go you know directly from uh, <laughs> snow and winter like directly to the summer and and there's not that much in between so you know it it happens some years but um
1: you know i i, th- I think there was the, the tv meteorologist of british had this uh, <clears throat> a theory and this graph that you have several Springs and several winters uh, intermixed with each other, following in a row, and I think that's something that we are seeing this year.
0: (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, I I don't. I'm not a um, competent meteorologist, but but I will. I will trust. uh, You know, if if he's on TV, I I will. I will trust him. So but uh, we we've got a lot to talk about today not just the weather uh, we've got a lot of covid stories as usual um but then actually we're we're going to try something a little bit new today i haven't even discussed this with Otto, so <laughs> i'm i'm kind of uh, saying that we are so so i've kind of um split the other stories into some um kind of little categories. We have some education stories, we have some transportation stories, which we always love to talk about. We've got a few economic stories, uh, one very interesting political story, which I'm looking forward to talking about with Otto. I haven't actually got a chance to discuss this with him yet. We've got some new party ratings. Uh, We've got some nature-related stories, and then Otto will close things out, as he always does, with some interesting international stories and also the week in history. But... As usual, we have to start with COVID, and uh, we're going to start with some vaccination-related re- uh, stories. The big one being that, uh, I think you can say, officially now, you know, it, it's it's difficult because um, it's been a very mm, kind of messy process. I think you can officially say that mass vaccination has begun. Do you think that is an accurate term to use, Otto? Uh,
1: I think we are uh, approaching the point where we can actually say that, yes.
0: Yeah, because one big thing that has changed uh since the last episode. This was something that was being kind of whispered about when we uh last recorded, when we recorded on Tuesday. Uh that you know there there's been a um we were we were discussing this on the show last time that uh you know there's a very inefficient system where uh you know they um are these, there's these different risk groups. So, you know, they started with uh, elderly, you know, doctors, people who uh, work in social care systems, and there's these different risk groups uh, that they've gone through. And, uh, you know, they, they've tried to get a hold of all the people who have who have signed up through these risk groups and, and try to, um, uh, you know, find out whether they want the vaccine or not. It's been a very, uh, very uh, time consuming process to do this. And so uh, the big change that happened was that uh, there was now an option to simply go stand in a line uh, for a vaccine at, at in uh, some of Latvia's uh, biggest cities at different vaccination centers. So, for example, here in Jelgava, the ours was the uh, Zemgali Olympic Center, which is kind of like a big, you know, at least for, for Jelgova, it's it's uh, like the big indoor arena. Um, at Riga, it's the, uh, I don't know if it's the ATA or ATTA Center. I've never said it out loud before, um, but uh, but over on Krastiola. Uh then also in, in, in Urimela, Tsasis, Leopaya, Dalgopils, uh, and uh Resigne it was possible to uh to stand in line for a vaccine and the vaccines actually uh, ran out in, in in um from what I understand, just about all of the places where uh, where people uh, stood in line for it. So Otto, how how do you um how do you evaluate this uh this decision and and uh and, and the process and and do you think that um You know this was the right step to make and and do you think it's uh you know gone i i I guess a step in the right direction compared to uh, how the how the uh, rest of the vaccination process has gone Uh,
1: i would say that uh, indeed uh, because uh, at this point we can see uh, that the key problem in vaccination is uh, not really the lack of vaccines because uh, we have uh, quite a lot of them already uh, but rather uh, the issue that uh, in many of the priority groups there are people who would wish not to vaccinate and if we just uh, wait for them to change their mind and if that uh, does not happen uh, then we would have problem uh, with regard to the objectives in reaching uh, at least a considerable part of the society uh, who are vaccinated and I think this is a good solution Um, so at least uh, we can vaccinate all those uh, people uh, who uh, want to get the vaccine And the priority groups, uh, even though they have logic behind them, uh, they are uh, arbitrary as uh, any prioritization would be. Uh, But if the key objective or uh, the matter for the bigger picture is to to get a a bigger number of people vaccinated, then certainly this could uh, resolve this issue and uh, try to achieve what the government intends to do.
0: And also one kind of um, important caveat to mention is that from what I understand, and maybe audio can correct me on this, from what I understand is that uh, the people who, you know, uh, were standing in line um, and, and and for people who went to, uh, you know, these vaccination centers. So this was specifically the AstraZeneca vaccine, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, has been controversial, of course you know, there's been different reports. There was the temporary halt by Latvia and other EU nations. And, you know, I, I think that this makes sense because I have a lot of colleagues, I have a lot of, uh, you know, acquaintances, friends who want to get vaccinated, but they just do not trust the AstraZeneca vaccine specifically, uh, For you know, whether or not that that's based on anything, you know, whether or not, the, you know, the, the, vac- the AstraZeneca vaccine is trustworthy is a moot point if people, you know, simply don't want to get vaccinated. And so, you know, I think it makes sense. It's almost, um, you know, the the way I see this is it's almost like a fire sale. It's almost like a, uh, you know, like a clearance sale, like everything must go, um, you know, where, where they're, you know, literally just kind of giving them away because, uh, you know, I, I do know people who uh, are waiting for, the Pfizer, the Moderna, which which Latvia, you know, is going to be getting access to some of the other vaccines that are coming in, uh, in huge numbers. So uh, it makes sense to, you know, instead of trying to pressure people into using the AstraZeneca that they don't want, you know, in these specific groups is just to hand it out to whoever wants it. And then, you know, at least those people are out of the way. And then once the, uh, you know, Pfizer, Moderna, or or other variants come in, um, then then people can can, uh, you know, uh, get vaccinated with those instead. So I don't know, that's, The way I see it, Um, but uh, Uh, I
1: agree agree because um, it was also interesting to note that there were a a lot of issues with AstraZeneca, and many of them were uh, actually more connected to uh, bad publicity uh, instead of uh, scientifically uh, verified uh, uh, data on, let's say, some. Uh, bad uh, reactions. Um, so so you, you had a mix of both, uh, but the publicity, of course, was at times uh, bigger. Uh, it was interesting to see today on television, it was reported that, uh, you know, for uh, teachers, uh, there is the opportunity to arrange uh, for the vaccination that is also done uh, in schools. So if there would be at least, I think, 25 uh, teachers uh, from the school, who would want to do it, and it was interesting to note that uh, once it uh, was reported that uh, it will be uh, not only AstraZeneca but also the other kinds of vaccines, uh, then the interest, uh, uh, I think, uh, within uh, a day uh, increased from 160 applications to over 700. So certainly, mm-hmm. this preference for certain vaccine uh, is an issue. I also have heard from one of my friends that. Uh, there are some uh, of these uh, uh, private healthcare institutions who are involved in providing the vaccines uh, that they for example have chosen to provide uh, only uh, vaccines other than AstraZeneca because many kinds are available but uh, the bulk uh, which is currently um, there and uh, the ones that are primarily uh, given in these vaccination uh, centers are the AstraZeneca ones whereas uh, the other types of vaccines Uh, have been primarily uh, delivered to the family doctors uh, and these are smaller vaccination points.
0: Yeah, um, so apparently, uh, you know, one thing that kind of happened right after um, we... Recorded was, uh, you know, kind of specifically uh, the, the um, you know, Dalgo Pills uh, Regional Hospital. So they actually, um, you know, were one of the first to allow priority groups, you know, especially out of uh, public institutions, from what I understand. Um, and uh, and you know, the the non vaccines were booked up basically, you know, as as, as soon as uh, people could could possibly do it. So, um, you know, it, it's. Uh... <laughs> It, it, you know, I I have a little bit of sympathy for for Astrazeneca because you know, like on one hand, um, you know, they they haven't handled the PR campaign very very well, but on the other hand, you know, from what I understand, they were uh, pretty much the only one of these major um, manufacturers to not uh to not make profit off of their vaccine, um, so they're basically selling it at cost, and I, I think that I uh, <laughs> feel a little bit burned by that decision now. But you know, that is well, that is know, the way. On
1: the, on, on the one hand, it may be the case, but at the same time. Uh, you know there were uh, some European funds that were provided for them uh, to establish these additional production capabilities and uh, that was also part of the deal I'm not sure whether that has been taken into account uh, when uh, just looking at uh, this cost and uh, benefit uh, for the vaccines themselves. Uh, There were also some reports that uh, the European Commission uh, may not continue the contract with AstraZeneca uh but uh probably uh it is not uh, such a bad deal for them and uh, in contrast to some other uh, sectors uh, uh this uh, matter has certainly uh maintained employment at their house
0: certainly yeah so anyway um that uh, is the main, main, main story here. And then uh, specifically, uh, you know, in terms of numbers, so so apparently 8,600 people were vaccinated as part of these live queues over the weekend. So this was Friday and then uh, Saturday. Um, and, and they're planning on um, organizing more of these live queues, uh, I guess, towards the end of the month and then also in early May, uh, because they've got more vaccines where that came from. So apparently 200,000 new Pfizer vaccines um, are, uh, are being delivered, uh, by the end of the summer, apparently. And then also, um, there's going to be, uh, 210,000 new, uh, biotech, uh, Pfizer vaccines, um, as, as well on the way here. So, and, and these are in addition to the other, um, batches of vaccines that we've already reported previously. Um, so, you know, they, uh, help, help is on the way. We, we, we certainly hope. And, and, uh, you know, I just uh, hopefully um, you know we can get as many people vaccinated as possible before some of these strains, which we're following throughout the world, you know, become more widespread here, uh, especially ones that uh, you know um, the uh, the vaccines don't provide as much protection for. Um,
1: uh, indeed, and I think it will have implications for uh, some very important uh, coming uh, issues. Well, uh, most likely the the World Hockey Championship uh, will. Go on without spectators. Uh, They are still discussing it, but probably that will not be the case. It will be interesting to see how the um, uh, pupils' uh, song and dance festival will go on, uh, as they have been talking about this uh, distance way or the separation of different events uh, across Nuova to take place. And that would also uh, have uh, some consequences of uh, how we will see the the next first September and the, the new academic year.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of the student song and dance festival, so just as a uh, reminder for people who are not aware of what the song and dance festival is, you know that um, if you're not familiar with uh, Latvian culture, that might sound kind of like a oh, you know, some kind of minor little thing. Um, but but the song and dance festivals, which happen every five years for adults, and then there's also one that happens every five years for um, uh, school children. Uh, these are events that involve hundreds of thousands of people, um, all, like all together in terms of spectators and and the people who uh, participate and you know train. People to be in these in these festivals and different events over you know a number of days. Uh, you know th- this is you know when when these song and dance festivals happen. I mean it is the thing that everybody is talking and thinking about and you know watching on TV if they're not able to go themselves. Um, so you know it, it's a major major deal and it was a huge deal last year when it got postponed because it was supposed to happen during the summer. But obviously uh, you know gathering that many people together is not a uh, wise idea, uh, in the middle of a pandemic. So, um, as Otto mentioned, uh, there are a lot of ideas being kicked around, uh, right now, but a specific decision will be made on how it will happen, um, on the 27th of May. So, uh, which is mm-hmm. pretty, pretty close, <laughs> yeah. pretty close to the, to, to, to the line in terms of, um, you know, uh, when it's supposed to happen, because uh, usually it happens in, uh, you know the the middle of summer, so uh, you know good good luck to the people who are organizing that to figure out a way to uh, make that meaningfully and safe, safely happen in the middle of a pandemic. So, um, speaking okay, so going going back to uh, the vaccines for a moment, uh, one of the kind of uh, tricky things about this has been. Uh, the IT side is it always is. Okay, so you know, certainly, the, uh, the rollout of the IT system to get people uh, signed up is certainly, uh, you know, more successful than some of the other health related uh, IT systems, which we've talked about in the past. Uh, But one thing which has been lacking is a, uh, you know, an automated or a digital uh, service to to actually start um, sorting the uh, you know who's who's been vaccinated who hasn't and and uh you know all the data in some kind of central uh c- centralized location and apparently that is underway finally so there's a new system called uh Vivat I believe it is V I V A T so this was reported uh on Latvian public media or specifically Latvian radio a couple of days ago and um uh apparently uh this is being developed by a, uh, a few different Latvian IT companies, um, so including Zizi Dots, uh, Riksot, um, Blue Bridge Technologies, Mobili, which uh, probably most of you recognize if you have uh, paid for uh, train tickets before or parking in Riga. And um, what do you think, Otto? Is this, uh, is, this is this system going to work out?
1: Uh, hopefully, it will. Um, it has been reported that it has cost. Um, almost a million euros uh, So, and I think it is uh, well important that these systems are uh, well planned uh, because uh, it is more difficult uh, to put a system like this together than it would be for most other things because it is not only Uh, the the way how to use it uh, in an easy manner and also how to deal with a lot of information but also how to um, remember uh, such issues as the data security, especially if we talk about uh, personal data and uh, health data. Uh, So hopefully this will be a a better solution and I think certainly it should provide uh, additional speed over the previous method that's involved Uh, actually uh, putting in uh, data manually. Uh, That was the way how the vaccination uh, planning was organized when uh, people uh, were registering on the phones, as, for example, some of my relatives did. So hopefully this will help to make it faster because we know that one thing is the will to get vaccinated. The other uh, matter is the availability of vaccines. But the third thing is how to put it all together. And uh, it already takes time uh, to administer the vaccines themselves, but also the organizational process to get the, uh, a, a patient uh, to, to the doctor, uh, it also takes time, especially if we talk about hundreds and thousands of people.
0: And uh, speaking of vaccine IT systems, so one uh, kind of uh, tricky issue uh, over the last few weeks has been, and, and this is something that uh, the English version of LSM has been following very closely, because it's something that uh, you know for for our listeners, uh, for those of you who are um, you know living here in latvia and do not yet have um you know a higher latvian language skills um the monavaccina.lv website where you can sign up for the vaccination you know already for for a few months uh so it uh, has not had an english language uh section Well, it finally does. It finally has been translated into English. Uh, I I would love to know why exactly it took quite so long to do this, because there's actually not really that much to translate. Um, But, you know, I I think uh, probably it was just uh, a little bit lower on the IT priorities, um, you know, considering that, uh, well, you know, there, there was a Latvian language version that uh, you know what was up at the beginning of February, and then there was a Russian language version. You know, just a I think it was two weeks after that. And and uh, you know, the wide majority of people who live here in Latvia, uh, you know, use uh, either Latvian or Russian on an everyday basis. So, but uh, if you have not vaccinated, if you have not signed up yet, and uh, you would like to do so in English, then you now have the ability to to do that. So, um, overall, auto. What do you think? So. You know, the, the big question is in terms of getting more people who, you know, to get vaccinated, because obviously you know, the government's goal is to get as many people vaccinated as possible. You know, we know that there's a lot of misinformation flying around out there about the vaccines, whether they're safe or not. We know a lot of people are just naturally nervous about this and, you know, with very good reason, because... You know, obviously, uh, th- these vaccines were developed at and tested at a little bit of a quicker pace than normal due to the due to the uh, severity of the uh, of the crisis. Um, do you think that overall the kind of um, you know mass vaccination that's been happening, uh, or at least the very kind of beginning of the you know the the mass vaccination, these queues and everything, and and more and more people uh, getting vaccinated. Do you think that this is going to lead to some kind of groundswell? Do you think that this is going to make more people confident that getting vaccinated is the right choice?
1: Um, I think that this uh, development has helped uh, for those people who were uh, not quite decided about the matter. Uh, Probably there were some people who were uh, not very keen to get vaccinated. At the same time, uh, when there was the question about the AstraZeneca and the other vaccines, they probably thought, well, well, I'm not sure about AstraZeneca, but if there's option to get vaccinated with other ones, I'll probably go for that. And I know a, a lot of stories like those. Uh, there are also a, a number of people uh, for whom it even maybe be a little bit more uh, risky to, to get a, a specific kind of vaccines. We know that there were some counterindications for one of the vaccines for people uh, under the age of 30. Uh, but at the same time, we saw that when there was the possibility uh, to go and get that vaccine, then even uh, a, a number, a great number of young people uh, went and stood in those uh, free uh, live queues and uh, were um, able to get it. And um, it was also full uh, with posts in social media of of young people who have uh, done it. Uh, probably the way how it is operating now will be more or less the way how it goes forward. Hopefully the IT system will help to uh, process all this. Interest faster because that is also probably one of the issues that you would have a, a number of people who would want to get the vaccine but they are unable to get it for weeks and months and they may simply you know say well I will forget about it it is so so cumbersome uh, so and I think uh, it would also be indeed as you mentioned the matter of communication um, well if the administering capacity is at its max then perhaps there should be more. Uh, effort in communicating so that, uh, for example, I remember when uh, there was the opportunity to uh, do the vaccinations over um, the the, um, uh, Easter uh, weekend and then uh, it was interesting that the vaccination centers were operating and there was a chance for uh, also some from the priority groups to go and get vaccinated at the same time the vaccination um, informative phone was not working because they do not work on Sunday uh, and so well, uh, I had to call on uh, another phone. Uh, I think it was the ministry or, or someone else uh, or the the phone that uh, gives you uh, consultations on COVID uh, to try to find out like uh, what is the uh, office hours of this vaccination center, and they could not find out. So, uh, well, you know, if there is so much money put in all those IT systems and there is uh, so much money given uh, to, to paying these... Uh, professional workers who are there, I think they should coordinate the information um, better uh, because uh, it is um, uh, so much a health issue as it is also the matter of informational security because we we have seen all these scares and misperceptions uh, being both naturally created but also uh, arranged on some occasions and the Ministry of Health is the first one who has to deal with that.
0: Yes, um, well, they've got a, they've got a lot to deal with uh, right now, but uh, let, let's certainly hope that uh, the situation continues to uh, improve when it comes to vaccines, and and that uh, you know we Otto and I both certainly uh, encourage you to uh, to um, you know do do so uh, when you can. I, I luckily was already vaccinated, um, you know, because I, I had a heart problem as I as I mentioned in the previous episode, and yeah, you know, I had a few side effects, but uh, I'm fine you know, I certainly, um, you know, the side effects from COVID can be a lot more serious as you know, I'm sure all of you know, somebody who has been, you know, affected by 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 COVID. And, um, you know, it's something we have to take very seriously. So um, unfortunately, uh, we've got some other stories to uh, talk about with uh, COVID a couple, a couple more. And uh, one of them is uh, very unfortunate to have to talk about but uh, but apparently, there has been a rise in cases This is according to um, Latvian public media uh, LSM there's been a uh, increase in the amount of uh aggression uh towards um medics who have uh, been uh, been taking um you know covid tests and uh, specifically there there was uh, one um incident that was uh, reported about at uh it was one of those covid testing points you you can see them they're they're kind of in these little trailers uh, throughout you know d- different cities uh you know we have one here in Jelgava in our kind of central uh, Parks, which is um, named after the famous poet uh, but apparently um, there was one incident where where somebody was uh, was actually attacked uh, and and um, in general there apparently have been uh, an increase in in people uh, either verbally abusing or you know in extreme cases physically abusing uh, the the people who are in charge of the testing and you know this can be uh, for a number of reasons but a lot of people are not happy when they find out that uh, they might have to pay for a COVID test if it's, you know, for something like going on a uh, vacation and and not, you know, you know. For example, I I have to have a COVID test once a week and it's uh, paid for because because we, uh, as I will mention in just a minute, have started in person classes again for twelfth graders. Very limited in person classes, so I, so I have to be tested. Uh, Once a week, even though I've been vaccinated Uh, and, you know, certain people have to be tested because they have symptoms, for example, or they've been in contact with somebody. But, you know, um, it it depends on the reason why uh, you have to have the test. So uh, I don't know any any comments on here, Otto, besides uh, just uh, (laughs) kind of um, being sad about the situation.
1: Well, that's certainly not good. Um, I think uh, it is partially connected to the general psychological pressure that has increased for many people in the society. Uh, in connection to this uh, distance working, distance learning Uh, it has certainly been a mental challenge uh, for many in the society Uh, but also there um, has been uh, perhaps this despair or uh, the mm, will of some people to uh, show their uh, skepticism with the whole issue Uh, we already saw for example some people uh, going and uh, uh, almost picketing. Uh, these uh, live queues, like calling on like people who uh, stood in the queue, uh, not to do that, uh, and perhaps there are also people who uh, are willing to go further, either because their um, uh, living has been affected by this, or that simply uh, this or other factors have uh, deranged them in some way. Or we know that also uh, for some in the society, the alcohol consumption has increased um so perhaps it may also have been connected to that but of course that will be for the police to say what exactly was the problem there
0: mm-hmm. yeah well you know definitely uh you know as a reminder you know we we all have to uh look out for each other and you know it, it is it, it is a uh very difficult time for all of us we have to be understanding uh but we also have to remember to take our aggression out uh not on the people who are trying to help us you know, certainly. So, um, you know, it's, we, we we should still be checking in with each other and, and and making sure that we're all we're all doing okay. You know, it it, it is an exhausting situation, but uh, it is not one that will will last forever. Um, so, a uh, couple other COVID stories. So specifically about travel. Um, you know, we were just talking about people having to take a test before they travel. Well, Latvia is um, apparently planning on implementing this uh, European Union-wide uh, digital green certificate program, and apparently the way this is going to work is that uh, under this new uh, framework, so so you can either have a um, uh, this uh, like a paper certificate or digital form uh, that uh, verifies that either you. Have uh, been vaccinated against COVID, and I assume that this means fully vaccinated. But, but I um, actually m- maybe Otto, you can clarify that, uh, or a test, um, a, uh, a negative COVID test. Uh, you know, obviously within you know a um, recent amount of time, or uh, a certificate. And, and this one's interesting um, that uh, that you have already uh, had COVID, and um, and uh, you know were were able to uh, recover from it. Which uh, you know would hopefully give you. Um, immunity, But unfortunately, as we've seen, you know, it, with a lot of these new variants, that's not always necessarily the case. So uh, what, what do you think about this, auto? So uh, I'm sure you've been following this as part of your line of work as well, because, uh, <laughs> you know, biological security is still security. You know, it's a very important aspect of security right now. So do you think that this is a uh, going to be an effective tool to keep the economy open and the uh, COVID case uh, number down?
1: I think that this would be an important development uh, because that is a matter that is of concern to uh, all uh, European Union member states, and Latvia is, of course, one of them. And uh, as you remember, the free movement of uh, people is one of the key freedoms that the Union has, and uh, that uh, is necessary uh, to provide uh, for the ability to work uh, in uh, different. European uh, Union countries than your own and it also have uh, implications for uh, the different uh, study arrangements and research arrangements that involve uh, many uh, European countries and uh, it has already um, affected the European economy that uh, uh, this has uh, driven down both the consumption and has affected a number of industries and has affected also the, the usual ways how Uh, many uh, of these sectors work. For example, I have felt it in the academic world uh, but um, of course uh, probably a a more tangible uh, result has been in the different fields of um, um, economy that uh, depend on uh, a large number of of freely moving people and I think that is in the interest of all the governments of the European Union and also in many uh, uh, citizens of the EU. Um, Also those citizens who would have for example, uh, uh, partners or family members from uh, other countries and uh, uh, their ability for them to, to get together or to travel has been affected by this. And uh, should we have uh, such a certificate, then uh, we should not have the most of these uh, um, limitations uh, with regard to uh, cross-border travel and cross-border work and studies. And I think that could, on the European scale, uh, get most of our, our previous life. Uh, bad there. Uh, Of course, uh, all these restrictions with regard to shops and um, other aspects, those will stay uh, on the national level. But uh, this could really be the way forward for the European Union. And I think it is important for Latvia uh, to uh, be there in this discussion and also to follow up uh, with the homework that our Ministry of Health has to do.
0: Mm -hmm. But meanwhile, uh, so... The um uh, for, so people, and, and I want to clarify this with you actually, Otto. Uh, because I um, um so uh, for people who are arriving from third countries, so this is uh, countries outside of the European Union, um, so up until June 15th, they will still have to carry out a mandatory COVID test. And uh, you know, as it has been, uh, so if they uh, test uh, positive, so they have to go into a uh, self-isolation at a, um, so there's these different, um, uh, accommodation locations, which, uh, you know, a lot of them are hotels. Um, and, uh, if they uh, test negative, so they still have to go into isolation, but they can uh, do that where they live. And uh, I just wanted to clarify. So this is uh, when uh, when it says uh, third country arrivals. So so this is uh, not just third country nationals, but people who are arriving from a non-European union country. Is that correct, Otto? Uh,
1: that is right. So that would include uh, both uh, EU citizens and citizens of the third countries if they're uh, a destination from which they um, are arriving is outside of the European Union. That would also include uh, the United Kingdom.
0: Yep. Yeah, and also yeah, the European uh, economic area and and uh, and also uh, Switzerland uh, are are, are uh, considered, um, you know, a part of the um, b- 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 part of the area which is uh, exempt from this. So. Um. Yeah. You know. Definitely. I think a lot of people are ready to travel. I'm. I'm not the. Uh, you know. The. The world's number one traveler. But I know. Otto. You. Uh, travel a lot for your work. And, and. you also enjoy traveling. You know. You have. Um. You. Know, I, you, you also have family outside of Latvia. I have family outside of Latvia that I'd love to visit. But. Um. You know. It, hopefully. Hopefully, this will speed up that process. That's right. Uh, um, but uh, speaking of uh, <laughs> COVID-related transportation, um, one very last COVID-related story. So, so this I have to uh, give a shout out to my, uh, my colleague and uh, and and wife uh, Liga, who sent me this story. Uh, apparently, uh, <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this, but on, on LTV uh, a couple of days ago, so on, on the TV show, Aislech uh, de or or uh, Forbidden Methods. So this is an investigative journalism show, and it's kind of like the, I would say like the slightly kind of flashier one, because there's also the investigative journalism show De Facto, uh, which I think takes itself a little bit more seriously. Uh, but apparently, so there's this uh, new racket uh, with uh, taxi drivers, who have been delivering alcohol after um 10 uh, o'clock which for those of you who you know have lived in latvia before you know 10 o'clock is the shut off time to buy alcohol in stores obviously you know in bars you can continue purchasing alcohol after that if it's if it's been opened uh you know in in the bar itself you know you're not supposed to leave the bar with it but uh you know people have been known to do so illegally and um apparently so so there's this uh system this kind of underground system that's been set up where uh, you can you can call a taxi driver and they will uh, show up with alcohol after 10 o'clock so <laughs> I don't know otto uh, what, what, what were your kind of uh, what was your reaction when you uh, when you uh, saw the story
1: well uh, it reminded me of, of uh, some of uh, the uh, artifacts and examples of the prohibition era in the United States where uh, on the one hand you you may have Um, uh, this uh, legal instrument in mind at the same time you would also have a number of minds who will try to figure out a way how to leap over that and that is something that that we are seeing here um, because uh, we do have this uh, limitation of time when you uh, may or may not uh, buy alcohol and at the same time uh, there are people who are uh, profiting uh, from uh, their uh, ability or willingness uh, to, to break this and that is the way how it goes with the counterfeit uh, cigarettes that uh, used to be sold um, um, around the central market area. And the same goes uh, with alcohol. So it is then the question how efficient these restrictions are or how efficient the uh, police is uh, to enforce them.
0: And, uh, you know, on one hand, though, you know, I I do have to... uh you know, I, I have a lot of sympathy for, you know, some of these taxi drivers who, uh, you know, obviously there's really nobody to uh, to drive, you know, at night anymore. You know, after 10 o'clock, obviously that was, you know, the time when, you know, they'd be driving people home from, from bars and everything. So, you know, it, it, you do have to make a living one way or another. I mean, of course, uh, you know there, there are some social programs in uh in you know in in, in play for for tax drivers who uh you know had, had been paying tax in our in our above board but uh you know it's it's no surprise that um, you know people are trying to survive in any way that they can right now and uh, you know even if it is a uh, you know with, with with this kind of situation just like you know as auto mentioned in, in prohibition people did but uh, you know definitely you um, you know that that's something i think police are going to be uh looking into a little bit more or i don't know maybe maybe maybe, you know maybe maybe, uh you know something they've been turning a blind eye to i i I can't really tell so
1: you know maybe this will uh serve as a a reason to review uh, these restrictions because that was also something that was raised uh by uh, someone in a television debate that was uh, followed, uh that was following this uh, show that, that you mentioned that uh, league also sent you the the link to and i happened to watch it also live mm.
0: yeah so uh we will uh we will see if the if the restrictions uh if anything changes after this um but i think it's time to move on from covid stories well <laughs> at least sort of because <laughs> just about everything is is related to covid in one way or another today Getting on to some education-related stories. So I am very happy to say that I, for the very first time uh, in months, was actually able to lead an in-person class. So we we all had masks. Uh, This was my 12th grade students who are preparing for the exam. Uh, and uh, th- this was only my 12th grade students because um, there are very, very important exams uh, in in the middle of May. These, you know, uh, in, in America, we have something, you know, we have the SATs or the ACTs, which universities take fairly seriously. But here in Latvia, the 12th grade exam, you know, is the most important thing, really. I mean, Otto, you, you've been through the education system. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I mean, what, what kind of pressure did you feel uh, when, when it came to the 12th grade exams.
1: Oh yes, it was probably the the biggest pressure you had in high school because uh, those exams um, are not uh, uh, graded uh, locally, those are uh, graded in a centralized manner uh, anonymously. I remember we had uh, those codes that we had instead of our names that we had to put on uh, the pages that we wrote the exams on. Uh, so uh, it was all almost uh, clandestine. Uh, all the um, exam tasks were delivered by police uh, in the morning, uh, and it, it was uh, quite a tough challenge. And it was, uh, it was interesting. Um, well, for me, I think I had the biggest stress for the subject uh, that I thought uh, I, I should be the best at, because, you know, uh, if you have those high expectations, then of course you hope that you will also make it to, to the level that you intended to because from that uh, it depended uh, whether you will uh, get in the uh, university or in the program that you wanted to Uh, but uh, in many cases not only that but uh, more importantly whether you would uh, qualify for this uh, state subsidized Uh, study place Um, and um, I was also competing for those as were uh, many others and so it uh, depended from these exam results uh, because they were calculated uh, in percentages Uh, for example in history you had the um, the test of uh, um, facts and then you had essay Um, let's say in um, Latin language uh, you had uh, um, some questions about the. Uh, history of uh, language, then you had some tests of uh, grammar and of um, interpunction, which is uh, so much more difficult in Latvian seemingly than it is in English, mm. and also then you had to uh, choose uh, either prose or poetry and to analyse uh, something from uh, the Latin literature in quite a uh, a reasonable um, and almost scientific way. So it was really a big deal and something that I think we spend all of the 12th grade, even if not more, to prepare for.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so so the obligatory subjects that you have to take the exam in are uh latvian language sato already mentioned and then also math which is the bane of most of my students uh that, that's the one they're the most worried about and then also uh their uh foreign language so for most students that is english and uh that is the reason why i am meeting with my 12th grade students in in person and uh, it was very very nice uh, to to be able to do so uh, felt a little bit weird. I'm going to be doing that again tomorrow, or you know, you're, you're probably going to be listening to this actually while I am um, doing that. So so please wish me luck. Um, but uh, speaking of teachers, so apparently according to um, the latest uh, news I've read about this was two days ago. Uh, so apparently um, around eight thousand, sorry, around eight percent of all of the employees in, uh, in educational institutions. So these are, you know, schools, universities, um, they have, uh, apparently been vaccinated now, uh, which is, um, you know, definitely a positive sign for, uh, you know, cause, uh, only recently, uh, teachers have had access to the vaccine, unless they were a member of some other priority group, you know, um, uh, people above the, uh, age of 70 or, or people who, um, you know, have, uh, chronic conditions like myself um so so i i think it's positive that that many people have have, uh, have been vaccinated so far but but obviously a lot more will need to do so and a lot of people are um you know a little little bit uh leery about doing so and uh this is a story that um Otto and i were thinking about maybe discussing last time um but it has become kind of a bigger issue since then so uh the um Latvian Teachers Union, uh, which the, um, the um, uh, acronym is LIZDA, um, L-A-Z-D-A, so, uh, so the leader of the Latvian uh, Teachers Union has um, complained that throughout the country there are uh, a lot of teachers who are facing uh, various repressions uh, if they do not uh, get the vaccine. Um, and uh, so this was something we were thinking about discussing last week, Otto. Um, but uh, but it's it's kind of become a bigger issue now, um, you know, since that interview that she did, uh, which you know was right after we recorded. So 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 what what are your thoughts on this, Otto? Um, you know, is it is it fair uh, for schools to um, you know threaten discipline in various ways uh, if if their employees do not want to get vaccinated against COVID?
1: Uh, well, you know, uh, there is already. Um, a number of uh, vaccines that are uh, mandated to wide groups of uh, society. Uh, You would have um, uh, vaccines that are mandatory for uh, all adults, uh, such as uh, diphtheria, Um, and uh, you would also have uh, a number of vaccines uh, that are mandatory uh, for children, uh, some of those that uh, they should receive uh, sometime after birth, and uh, others. Well, here specifically, um, it would be the uh, question of uh, whether the state can um, mandate uh, vaccinations for a group of people, especially if we're talking about people in the public service. And uh, it is uh, interesting uh, to see uh, how um, in uh, some uh, similar cases uh, we have uh, had uh, the decision of of the European uh, Court of Human Rights. Uh, recently, there was a case uh, from the Czech Republic on uh, whether uh, the government can mandate the vaccination of uh, school schoolchildren um, uh, so that they uh, would um, uh, reappear back in uh, schools and so that that uh, would be mandated. And uh, it went all the way to Strasbourg and the court decided that the government may mandate uh, to do that. Uh, well, uh, if we talk about adults, uh, then... Well, if we talk about the objective itself, then certainly it would be better if uh, they would vaccinate themselves voluntarily, because I think that would create less stress for all of them. But at the same time here, I think uh, that the key aspect would be that uh, here we are talking about a public service and uh, a service that, uh, if it's provided in the way that it is uh, intended or usually happens, uh, wouldn't involve a close contact with a a large number of people, specifically um, if you would have uh, the the teachers and uh, the the students in class, uh, which would make it uh, quite uh, difficult uh, to to make it in a way like taking into account all the distance between all the people and how to organize uh, this um, Let's say even such things as meals in the canteen or uh, let's say some uh, uh, bigger events uh, in a reasonable way, uh, the government may mandate that uh, based on the fact that that is a public service that is provided and uh, that could become a requirement uh, for the teachers if they want to do that job.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we will keep an eye on this because this has been a um, you know big uh, you know big bone of uh, contention between the. Uh, uh Teachers' union and and schools now and you know and uh, we we will see how how this develops and if there'll be any kind of uh, central policy on this but but this is as of now you know specific schools who are making decisions about this not nothing from the actual government itself as uh, you know th- I I had some colleagues who uh, you know were, were complaining that the government is you know uh, going to force people to uh, you know force teachers to be vaccinated but that is not the Case, at least uh, as of now so we, yeah, we will because,
1: keep... uh, currently that that would be fake news because that indeed has not been a government policy specifically what has been reported by uh lisa and um uh, some uh, other uh, teachers or uh, education professionals uh, has been the pressure from the school directors in certain cases uh, to, for the teachers to get vaccinated so that the school could get back on the uh, in-class uh, teaching but indeed as, as joe mentioned uh, it is not a government policy and probably as the academic year is coming to an uh, end and there is a summer in front of us it could be the case that uh, i would expect the government to to wait on this and uh, wait for more and more people to vaccinate themselves voluntarily and then uh, when the autumn will approach then see what to do about it
0: yeah certainly so we, we will keep an eye on that one um Looking at some transport. So there there's actually a lot of really interesting transportation stories this week and I know that we've already been talking for a while. Uh so I apologize to our listeners this episode's probably going to be a little bit longer than the last few have been. Uh but uh but we've got a couple of interesting stories to to get through. Uh so so first transportation related story uh which I'm not so happy to report on this because I feel like that this is just uh you know endless 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 um so the island bridge, I I can't, I honestly can't believe I'm I'm still saying this is uh, is undergoing more reconstruction. <laughs> Yay! This is the um, so so this is specifically the um, uh, bridge that uh, goes. Um, well you know if you're going to Yelgova, you're probably going to go over this bridge um, but uh, but lodge Place Yella um, turns into the island bridge is the one that goes uh, by the uh, TV station the TV tower and then and then it um, turns into uh, uh Carlos ummanagave on the other side of the river so this is kind of like the main gate into Riga from the uh I guess like the south center of the country but but at least certainly if you're coming from from yelgova and uh you know we've reported on this many many times uh because the bridge just you know seems like it's always under construction you know there was the work that was done uh you know when i was first here in latvia that had to be redone uh over the last few years because it wasn't done properly um so uh i don't know Otto, is there is there any hope that uh <laughs> that the that the island bridge um we will be able to drive over in peace for for an extended amount of time
1: well uh, i think that uh, we will see the light at the end of the tunnel so so no pun intended even though we are talking about a bridge well, we have to remember that uh, the south bridge uh, n- no wonder it is uh, termed a complex because it is the most complex uh, bridge construction in our country Uh, perhaps also in the Baltic states because it has to cross uh, a number of uh, different um, uh, terrains and a a number of different communications so it has to cross a a tramway uh, lane, it has to cross uh, both uh, different uh, streets and uh, not only one river but a number of islands uh, so that the soil conditions And uh, the planning of uh, connecting the streets from the old city on the one hand and uh, to to the rest of the Pardago on the other hand must have been a nightmare when they had to plan this in the 70s. And, of course, it's a bigger headache uh, to do any reconstruction as it uh, is in continuous use and is one of the most uh, heavily used uh, transit arteries. Uh, So that was one of the reasons why uh, this uh, repair repair was divided in several rounds and so what we saw previously was um, the repairs on the middle section and now we see more some uh, repairs uh, on uh, the the east side uh, of the bridge so to say uh, so that not only the the bridge which goes uh, over the river is in good condition but also the connecting street and the infrastructure so that uh, it would be not only uh, good for drivers, uh, which it is uh, currently, but also that it would uh, have uh, convenient connections for pedestrians and uh, cyclists because, as you know, under the uh, under the deck where you would have cars, you would have also uh, way on both sides for pedestrians and uh, uh, bikers. So I think that is good that they are doing this, and that is something that we will have to be patient with.
0: Yeah, and also I just want to mention, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, very biased towards Yelgova, but uh, but it's not just you know the the gate from Yelgova. it's really all of Western uh, Latvia as well. I mean, you know, the, this is the bridge that you're most likely to cross. Also, if you're driving out to Jurmala or to uh, to Ventspils to Leopai, I mean, you might also drive over uh, um, But the uh, you know the, the kind of main highway that goes to those those cities is is going to go across this bridge. So, uh, if you've ever taken a bus from um, from western Latvia to Riga, you have probably crossed this bridge before. Mm-hmm. So um but yeah, so 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 good luck in the construction. Of that more construction that is happening actually further down Lodge Placiela, um just, you know, I think less than a kilometer actually away from the from the bridge itself, uh is another bridge. This is a rail bridge and uh so it's a Lodge after it uh goes across the solu or I guess it doesn't really go across Solo tilts. Like Solo tilts turns into Lodgeplacjela, because on the other side it's uh, Ulmangatve. But then um, Lodgeplacjela will eventually uh, go on. Un- it goes under the um, the railroad, and this is uh, obviously going uh, undergoing massive reconstruction for the Rail Baltica project. Um, and uh, there are obviously now going to be some major changes to the way the traffic is uh, organized, and uh, there's going to be lane closures. Um, they uh apparently are trying not to just completely close down Place Sheila because i cannot imagine the um <laughs> i don't have a polite word to say uh <laughs> the the mess that would that that would cause um but uh but apparently they're considering closing down at least at night and um you know it's it's going to uh definitely look very very different um, after after the construction is over so uh, good luck to those of you who are commuting to uh, Riga from <laughs> from that side of the river from <laughs> I mean it's just horrible you you, you get across solo tilts after all the construction and then and then you're stuck there it's like um, you know last year uh, when they decided yeah. to renovate every single entry into yelkova at once and it was just uh, you know like an endless traffic nightmare but yeah, you know, I, I think you see,
1: I th- in, in in Riga they just do not have the money to well, repair all the entries to Riga at the same <laughs> time. Uh, but I, I was happy to say that even though I had to wait a little bit longer, the um, the last time, couple of the last times that I had to uh, go from Riga uh, to Riga by car, uh, it was quite uh, reasonably done. Uh, so you would have at that point uh, two to four lanes, well actually four lanes at that point. Um, all together and they were just closing like one at a time so uh, for all uh, drivers just be careful uh, to make sure that uh, you see which, is, uh, which of the lanes are currently uh, closed uh, but all in all it is possible to drive uh, through there only be careful about uh, what is your direction and uh, where you have to make a turn because you know like once you are on one or other lane then of course Uh, it would be difficult uh, to get around uh, and actually to to choose a different route which is frequently a problem on the southern bridge and already today there were a number of crashes as a result of this so just be careful uh, because as many of the drivers have uh, changed uh, their winter tires to the summer tires they are also increasing their speed unfortunately
0: (laughs) Yes and and speaking of increasing speeds um you know that might be a very bad idea to do right now because from April uh, 19th which was uh yeah yesterday or by the time you're listening to this probably 2 days ago to the 25th so there is operation speed not just here in Latvia but all throughout the EU and this is um a time of heightened police activity um to uh to try to catch speeders like unfortunately Yours truly, I actually uh, so so this was actually not yet part of Operation Speed, but um, uh, I was uh, driving back from Riga uh, to Yelgova through um, uh, so so there's you know basically a kind of a major like four lane highway that goes most of the way, and it goes to this one town called yaun Olaine or New oleine and um, you know it, it kind of goes through like the the middle of the the city, and it's a fifty zone. And there's this one point, and Otto knows exactly what I'm talking about. And you know, anyone else has driven through here, um, there, there's this one point where uh, it's still technically within the city limits, but there's no intersections, there's no houses, but it but it's still 50, you know, kilometers an hour. And basically, you know, everybody drives through there, you know, 60, 65, something like that, because um, you know, just you know, like within within a few hundred meters, uh, the uh, you know speed goes back up to 90 kilometers an hour again. But uh, they put up a hidden speed camera there and they caught me going 62 kilometers an hour, uh, which uh, is very, very expensive um, mistake to make. So, so please, um, you know, in in any case, I mean, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I'm sure there is a very good reason. I'm sure there's a very good, uh, you know, uh, why, why the uh, speed limit has to be 50 there um and uh you know obviously i'm not going to try to you know argue it or anything like that you know it, it is it is my mistake i was driving dangerously um but uh you know just all all of you who you know sometimes might go a little bit over over the speed limit you know just just be careful because uh you know i was only going you know 62 in a you know uh 50 where 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 it's not um you know like where, where basically everybody does that on a normal day but apparently um You know, I uh, other people had realized that there was a speed camera there already. So so just be be careful about that and drive safely, and uh, and uh, you know within the speed limit. Um, But uh, besides cars, auto, we we've got some other uh, important transportation stories. And one story that we've been covering for a long time has to do with a much bigger form of transportation, and that is uh, ships and there has been a port reform that has been slowly moving about the speed of a container ship over the last few years. Um, why exactly, Otto, has this law on ports uh, been written up? What is it meant to, um, to change about Latvia's ports?
1: Uh, well, uh, specifically, the biggest change would be uh, a new legal structure, uh, for um, a number of uh, the key uh, ports and uh, here specifically we're talking about uh, Riga, Liepāja, and Ventspils, uh, which provide close to 100% of um, the domestic uh, cargoes uh, that are going through ports in our country and uh, the plan provides that uh, these ports should be transformed into state capital companies uh, meaning that uh, there would be Uh, bigger say and bigger oversight uh, from the state side uh, with regard to the management of uh, these ports Uh, at the same time it would also uh, change uh, the way how they have been uh, governed uh, taking into account some of the problems uh, associated uh, with the governance of uh, these ports uh, previously and uh, at least the intention of the law is uh, to ensure uh, political independence and here if we are uh, Talking about uh, what they could have in mind, then we uh, remember the story of Ventspils and the uh, story of uh, um, former mayor uh, Lamberts and uh, the influence uh, that was uh, controversially evaluated by many. And uh, they also have uh, said, uh, the people who have uh, drafted the law, that they uh, will uh, make sure with this law that the recommendations of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development uh, would be implemented uh, in uh, putting up uh, this new model. So hopefully that will make sure uh, that this uh, sector of transit, uh, which is very important for the economy, uh, would bring uh, more benefits to the general society instead of uh, some narrower interest groups. Uh, that is probably not something that some people in Mansfield would like to hear. Uh, <laughs> that could also be one of the reasons uh, why Mr. Schlesser um, announced uh, his uh, uh, curtain call into politics because uh, his business interests are also associated with the port sector. Uh, so, on the one hand, it is indeed part of the political competition. Uh, on the other hand, Uh, perhaps uh, it will resolve some of the uh, tricky uh, issues, such as uh, the uh, right of uh, development, uh, such as the uh, uh, right balance between the say of the state and the say of the municipalities and the income that is uh, generated and the way how it is divided. Well, uh, it will have to be tested and we'll see. But certainly that is something that the coalition is behind.
0: Yes, and uh, you know we we've been covering the uh, also slow moving story of Ivers Lemberg's and in his court case, uh, you know a lot of uh, this is to try to prevent something like that in the future because he has had um, you know uh, well a, a lot a lot of his uh, alleged criminal activities have had to do with uh, some of his dealings you know in the uh, Port Events Bill, specifically as Otto kind of hinted at just a minute ago so. Um, you know, definitely it is a, uh, for anti-corruption activists, it's a, uh, it's a law that, uh, people are, are happy to see. Um, last transportation related story, uh, and this is bad news for those of you who take the buses in Riga or trolley buses. So, uh, you might have seen these, uh, JC Decau Latvia, uh, kind of like, uh, branded bus stops where there are, um you know, it's, it's, they're like pretty nice looking bus stops, and and they uh, usually are complete with these um, uh, advertisements. And a lot of times the advertisements will scroll. So you'll see like three advertisements at once, it'll kind of like scroll through them mechanically. Uh, And I I didn't realize this, I I just assumed that, you know, the um, shelters were uh, provided by the city. And then, you know, they they just, um, you know, created those advertisement boards, and and that they, uh, you know, the company paid some kind of revenue to to the city or to the transportation department. But apparently, uh, they actually own the shelters themselves. And uh apparently, the uh, city has not made a new deal with uh, JC Decau. And they uh, are going to be actually taking off the roofs um, <laughs> as, as, as kind of a, uh, you know, as a part of this uh, stalemate in the um, in the uh in in, in the contract uh, issue so uh Otto, have you have you seen this happening throughout the city and and what is the prognosis for people who are waiting out for a for a trolleybus in the rain
1: well you know one benefit well if we take out this week or uh, when they are predicting uh, this rain uh, is that usually the most rain comes around Yani, which uh, should be at the um, end of uh, june uh, so One thing is that perhaps it won't be felt so uh, acutely uh, at this point, Uh, but of course, uh, I think it is important for the city government uh, to move forward with the procurement and sign this new deal uh, because um, um, more and more of these uh, public services are outsourced and as we see in this case, Uh, It is not that uh, the city government uh, builds these uh, shelters and then uh, they just rent out the advertising space. They do uh, 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 procure uh, the whole uh, uh, bus stops and trolley stops themselves, uh, just uh, providing the ability to uh, connect them with electricity uh, and others. Uh, So hopefully the, the new procurement will uh, bring a better, better deal for the city but uh, they, they should uh, work faster because uh, well now perhaps the usage of public transit uh, is uh, smaller but at the same time when the restrictions will get loosened or when we get back to uh, more usual ways of uh, operating our lives then uh, that certainly would be one of the first needs that the city needs to address because public transport is indeed a necessity for uh, most of the citizens of our capital city
0: Yes and apparently um yeah it, it it's another real kind of mess by the city government unfortunately so um, the uh, new replacement shelters, which they are procuring. Apparently, they're not going to be able to put into place until around the end of the year, uh, which is the report. So, um, you know, good g- good luck for those of you who are uh, are, are taking the, the, the city transportation. But, I mean, you know, si- sitting inside a shelter, you can't really, really do anyway, uh, you know, with a bunch of people right now during a pandemic, so, yeah.
1: Well, that's right. So probably the umbrella producers may be the biggest winners out of this
0: yeah well, somebody somebody's gonna make make a buck from this. so uh, so that's it for transportation. couple couple of economic stories real quick. um so you know we we mentioned uh the uh, eyes like the Pan, uh, uh, story so so de facto had a, a little bit more of a serious uh economic crime than uh, than uh, booze running by uh, taxi drivers. So this was a um a uh, situation with an online investment platform. And um, apparently, this uh, Latvian-based platform called Groupir has left a number of investors uh, without a uh, their, their, the money that they've put in. Um, so, so this is apparently tens of millions of euros, which has not yet been uh, returned to to various investors. So, uh, Otto, were you able to follow the story when it came out?
1: So uh, I indeed followed it because um, I also followed some of the news as the popularity of such groups uh, increased in our part of the world. Uh, I also know that there are some uh, of these uh, groups uh, or investment platforms that are involved in uh, uh, redeveloping uh, real estate and uh, there are a number of apartments uh, being sold uh, using uh, group buying Um, And, uh, of course, uh, there are a number of good stories and a number of bad stories, but certainly I think this is a a very valuable lesson uh, for all of the potential customers of such platforms uh, to uh, do their homework and uh, do additional research. Because uh, it was interesting to know that uh, this specific uh, company uh, was not registered uh, as a, a financial organization in Latvia, so which is one of the reasons why they uh, provided these uh, services to uh, citizens of other countries, such as Portugal, but they were not legally allowed uh, to do their business uh, with Latvian citizens, uh, which they did not. Uh, there was also an issue uh, with um, including on their website some partners that had uh, no um, no information about the fact or perhaps they might have had cooperation with some other companies but in uh, matters other than uh, investment uh, so there were some misinformation on that account and there was also an issue with the contracts so which were uh, deposited electronically on the uh, website of this platform and uh, one of the reports had the information that Uh, it was not possible uh, in many cases to uh, get or download these contracts and if those people have not saved them on their computers or their devices then it may be difficult or impossible to prove that they have had any dealings uh, with uh, these people who have left uh, uh, thousands of investors uh, without their uh, money
0: yeah so you know apparently uh, it's unfortunately a kind of a Common story with some of these uh, sketchier online uh, investment platforms. So please be very careful uh, with your money and do your do your due diligence. And uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, as uh, as it turned out, uh, it was a little bit too good to be true. And you know, people who convinced their uh, you know friends to invest uh, was not not a very good idea in the end. Uh, But those were not the only people who lost money. So apparently, Air Baltic lost uh, 256 million euros last year. So that was a uh, 72% decrease in revenue, um, which I don't think is very surprising considering uh, what happened last year and and the uh, situation with air travel. Um, But, uh, you know, one one thing I wanted to ask you, Otto, uh, a lot of people, you know, have been discussing whether or not uh, you know, it's fair that the government is, uh, you know, kind of, you know, the media specifically is focusing on uh, Air Baltic as, as kind of, uh, you know, something that needs to be saved and bailed out and everything compared to other companies. Um, but, you know, obviously, Air Baltic is very important when it comes to. Uh, you know Latvia's economy in terms of uh, you know the role it plays as the kind of major major airline, you know especially the low cost airline which uh, you know has funded tourism and and travel to Latvia and everything. Um, I don't know what, what, what's what, what's your take on the uh, on the situation and.
1: Uh... Well, on the one hand, I can understand the concern of the government because uh, even though uh, we are talking about huge sums of money that are given to Air Baltic to prop it up. Uh, at the same time, we have to remember that Air Baltic, um, uh, at least used to be the last time I checked, uh, the biggest uh, taxpayer uh, company in the country, um, meaning that uh, it uh, was, or probably still is, I'm not sure about currently, but at least when uh, before COVID was uh, one of the uh, top three most important uh, companies in our country and uh, to our economy if we talk about the benefits that we are getting at it. Uh, at the same time of course now we have this situation and there has been a lot of competition uh, between uh, which sectors would uh, receive uh, these uh, benefits and aid and of course there was criticism from all the other sectors looking at the money that robotic has received. Uh, probably if, if we are uh, looking at the long term uh, it may be a good idea to keep uh, Air Baltic uh, above water uh, thinking of all the benefits that it will be able to uh, bring uh, back and so that it would be able to bring back the uh, aid that it has been uh, given to uh, also uh, it would be a matter of whether our Air Baltic uh, remains as the uh, key airline in the region and perhaps this could also be an opportunity Uh, for them uh, to uh, take over the role of some of their regional competitors uh, that have certainly not fared well during this time Uh, it is indeed a controversial thing uh, but uh, hopefully the government is basing their sense uh, in a a good economic planning and that may be aided uh, if uh, indeed we go through with the digital green certificate not only uh, within Latvia but also within the EU because that could really uh, be the way out of this situation and the way for the Air Baltic to get back on top of the things.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we will keep an eye on uh, that as we always do. Uh, we, we are, uh, you know, as I said, we're kind of going a little bit over, but there's a couple last few stories I want to look at real quick. Um, you know, normally, we would spend a bit more time on this, but uh, I was very, very interesting to see the newest party ratings. Uh, so, so these were uh, polls done by um, SKDS and LTV. So SKDS is like uh, the kind of um, major polling firm here in Latvia, and then LTV is uh, Latvia's public broadcaster. Uh so a few kind of takeaways from here. Uh so this is specifically for the uh SIMA election. So this is not polling for the local elections, but at the same time, you know, the, a lot of these parties are also taking part in some of the local elections. It's kind of interesting to see um, you know, uh, where people are ahead of this. So so these were numbers for March, um, but they were released in uh on, on April uh fourteenth, I believe. And uh, as usual, so Saskania, um the uh, or Harmony Party uh, is in first place with uh, uh, just just under nine per, uh, sorry just under ten percent. So this is the um, the party that was in charge of uh, Riga City Government for about a decade and has been the largest party in uh, Saima, our Parliament for also about a decade, but has never gotten into power for a number of reasons, which we've discussed many times and we will discuss again, but not right now. Um, then second place, uh, out of the, you know, so-called uh, Latvian parties, which is a, a term that gets used for parties that are supported by Latvia's um, primarily Latvian-speaking population. Uh, so the first place out of those is Nazional Opvian Ibo, or the National Alliance, um, which is a current member of the coalition. Uh, third place is, is the Union of Greens and Farmers, or ZJS, with six point four percent. And then just under them is uh, Christiano's Carnage's Party, Yvanovino uh, Tibo, which I was kind of shocked to see that they're actually <laughs> doing so well right now, considering um, you know the uh, a lot of uh, the public's reaction to the coalition and 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 the. Um, you know, uh, the way that the COVID response has gone, but they're at 6.3%. Um, Autosti by Par, uh, which, uh, you know, I, I don't even know uh, if you know those two uh, parties, uh, Latvia's Autosti by Par, are going to uh, go together in the next time election because they've kind of been splitting apart. Uh, they're at 5.1%. That is also uh, Daniels Pavlouts, uh, who is the... Uh, no, Pavlouts. Oh, I did it again. I did it again, Otto. Pavlouts. Who is the uh, Who is the health minister? Uh, he is a member of that party. There at five point one percent, and then after that we have the Progress uh who um, entered into uh, kind of a. Uh, um uh, local uh, Riga election uh, coalition with autisti by par. They're at 4.2%. And then um, rounding things out, uh, Jana Conservative party or the new conservative party is at just 3.9%. Uh, Aldis Klobzim's new party, the uh, Likums kartiba or Law and Order party is at 3.7%. The Latvian Russian Union is at 2.9%. Uh, the Latvian Regional Association who have kind of fallen off a political cliff lately are at 2.6%. And then uh, KPV, LV, or whatever they're called now, um, is uh, is kind of uh, completely off the map. Uh, but, uh, auto, you know, th- 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 there's a lot to kind of discuss here. And I know that it is uh, way too early to, you know, for this to actually mean anything. Um, but were you, were you surprised as I to see that uh, Yarnov Yenotiba is still... You know, in the mix right now, and uh, and that they've been able to actually, I don't know, kind of kind of hold hold things together uh, despite kind of everything that's happened over the last uh, you know uh, year or so.
1: You see, uh, despite all the debacle and all the uh, chaos and uh, discussions and criticism, uh, they have been uh, criticized for not being strong enough to to lead it all by being at least initially the the smallest faction in coalition. At the same time, perhaps, uh, this position of not exactly being at the forefront of the power, even though they have the position of the Prime Minister, uh, has uh, shown their ability to keep it all together, because uh, they still are keeping it together, and uh, perhaps also their ability to deflect uh, criticism uh, in other directions, specifically uh, if we talk about uh, the uh, initial uh, strife that was created by the comments of the Finance Minister. And uh, we see that that is not remembered so much anymore, but rather uh, the biggest criticism is directed towards Atis de Baipard, who is responsible for the sector of health, which could explain their um, relative fall, if we look uh, from uh, the uh, previous uh, polls and compare it to to this one. Well, for the uh, ZZS, uh, the the Greens and Farmers, and for the Harmony, so there's no surprises for the opposition. It's uh, easy to keep the ratings up. Uh, for the National lines, perhaps uh, this has been uh, their ability uh, to both uh, work for uh, the, the implementation of these benefits for uh, families and children but at the same time their ability uh, to, to gain uh, or uh, skim the uh, popularity associated with uh, this uh, success and uh, ability to avoid some of the other controversies. Well, with a, a Progress TV, I think they are capitalizing on the success that they received uh, at the capital city, and it is indeed a great trampoline to the national political level. Well, for the uh, new Conservative Party, it is uh, more difficult, and it could partially also explain what they have been so active to, both in terms of uh, uh, pushing for uh, money for um, uh, their uh, Repair of the roads, uh, the reform of the port sector, and also now the, the big deal uh, about uh, the prohibition of uh, gambling, uh, which also uh, the uh, leader Bordens has been very vocal about, uh, as well as uh, his uh, um, links uh, with uh, different uh, religious uh, institutions and uh, perhaps also some political connections with them. Well, for the others, uh, it will be difficult, uh, both for uh, uh, Mr. Guobzems and also for Ms. Uh, Zdanoka. Uh, they are around the 3% line, uh, which would make them eligible to get in, because usually if you take then the people who would decide at the last uh, moment, uh, they would uh, some of them would certainly go for uh, these two parties, but uh, only time will tell uh, whether that will materialize in the national election.
0: Yeah, and, you know, because, I mean... <laughs> The most popular options are still I don't know, which was twenty eight point three percent, and I'm not going to vote, which is seventeen point five percent. So, uh, you know, it, it's still very, very, very uh, early, and uh, you know, it's just it's just fun for for people who care way too much about politics to discuss these kinds of things. But uh, we will obviously continue looking to see what uh, what happens with the uh, with the elections coming up. Um, very, very very quickly just uh, two stories i'm just going to um mention the headlines for uh so so first of all if you are considering cutting down a tree uh be aware that there is a um yearly ban and uh from this year it's from april 15th until june 30th uh so so it is banned to cut down a uh, a, a tree unless um there's a special, uh, permit from, from the municipality or, um, you know, so, so, so please be, uh, be very careful about this. There are very hefty fines, much more than a speeding ticket in operation, um, speed. And this is, you know, specifically so that, um, you know, there's, there's birds who are, uh, you know, who are, um, giving birth in the trees and, and also, um, Uh, you know there's pollen uh the the trees are pollinating and everything right now so uh so there's a number of reasons for that ban and then also uh, another thing that's being discussed uh ban that's being discussed is uh lynx hunting so apparently um there was enough people who uh supported a a ban on the monobolz.lv or myvoice.lv portal and um the uh number of deputies enough deputies were were uh were able to support this and it's going to be debated in um in parliament whether or not to ban lynxes uh not to ban lynxes but ban the hunting mm. of uh, of lynxes uh, lynxes will still be allowed to live in latvia one way or another so uh, any 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 quick comments on these auto before you jump into international stories uh,
1: yeah i think uh, with regard to lynxes, is uh, i think uh, that is a, a, a good idea because uh, usually nature has its own way how to deal with all the balances and disbalances and uh, our uh, involvement, uh, that the human involvement in these processes should be limited to only where it is uh, absolutely necessary and I think uh, the COVID situation has brought uh, a number of opportunities for the nature uh, to repair itself uh, from the human influence and uh, let's give it a chance, uh, hopefully uh, the law amendments will also allow that to
0: happen. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm I'm personally not a big fan of hunting, which is uh, controversial in my extended family uh, living in Maine because uh, people are big hunters over there. But anyway, Otto, um, can you take us through some interesting international stories? So, uh, <laughs> uh, we, we I think we start off with a uh, a very controversial party. That took place and we're not talking about a political party well I guess I guess you could also call this a political party uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but a very very illegal party that, that, that took place um, involving uh, some staffers of the Russian embassy
1: uh, indeed and uh, this has also uh, caused uh, quite a scandal especially if we talk about the uh, requirements that diplomats of any country uh, have to follow uh, in the receiving state. Uh, you you would have the Vienna Convention uh, which is the um, most important international uh, law with regard to that and uh, it uh, requires that uh, diplomats who are, for example, in Latvia uh, have to follow uh, the uh, Latvian law including the restrictions that are currently in place uh, with regard uh, to uh, the uh, pandemic Um, and there are only some or a few You certain um, uh, restrictions uh, that uh, are not applicable that would be connected with uh, fulfillment of professional duties. Uh, But uh, apparently, this was not the case when a representative of the um, the Russian embassy uh, hosted a private party um, in a house in uh, Tangeraks. And apparently, it was not only the issue that uh, you had a number of people in the courtyard of a house, but also that the party uh, included uh, loud music which um, disturbed the peace of a number of uh, neighbors and uh, in a response uh, to this uh, police was called and uh, this story also reached the news and uh, whereas uh, most of the guests uh, seem to have uh, come and departed uh, in cars with diplomatic plates uh, from that we could deduce that uh, m- most of the people involved there uh, would have diplomatic immunity and would not be uh, exactly liable to to receive uh, the fines that people without immunity would uh, but it was uh, important to note that the representative of uh, the, I think was it either the Russian Embassy or uh, the Russian Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs uh, expressed uh, the uh, understanding of the concern of the Latvian Ministry of uh, Foreign Affairs and uh, um, uh, the charged affair of the Russian embassy said that the incident would not be ignored. So hopefully uh, that will not be repeated. Otherwise, this would be just uh, another case where we see uh, disrespect uh, to our country uh, by our neighbor.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that is uh, a that, that 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 is a common thing, as as you mentioned, Otto. Um, but uh, another story. I, I was I was actually. Surprise! So, so the story was um, that uh, Estonians are buying less alcohol in Latvia um, or less frequently, and uh, for a number of reasons. So there was the um, kind of uh, excise tax uh, war that happened, uh, you know, a few years ago, as we as, as we talked about, uh, you know, on, on previous episodes of the show. So the uh, uh, excise uh, tax for alcohol in Estonia dropped, so you know it it was less uh, common for people to 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 buy alcohol. Uh, anymore in Latvia, and there was also the pandemic. But uh, I, I was shocked at these numbers. So you know that was the main story. But but the number was still that, um, and you know only twenty three percent of Estonia's population uh, bought alcohol in Latvia last year. I mean that, that's like one in four people in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, uh, well, well
1: that that's right. But well, you you can see uh, the a uh, big difference what this uh, tax uh, change. Uh, makes like if you look at the access tax which is in Estonia and uh, the the respective tax which is in Latvia and uh, you look also at uh, the way uh, how the Estonian geography is so you would have the um, Tallinn in the north you would have a number of people around um, Narva as well and uh, Tartu Uh, and uh, then you go to uh, Parno then you go to southern Estonia you have um, uh, Valga, just um, uh, um, and, uh, side to side to Valga, and you would have a, a, a large number of uh, Estonian people who live close to the uh, border of Latvia. Uh, many of them live closer to the Latvian border than they would live, uh, for example, to the capital city Tallinn, and uh, it has indeed been a, a destination for many Estonians uh, who would like to buy their liquor and uh, we have seen also a number of uh, these alcohol shops open up all all the way across uh, the northern frontier and it has been an economic boom in many (laughs) cases Um, so I I think it will still go on but uh, as we can see uh, the pandemic has uh, shifted uh, this um, slightly and um, as a result uh, we have seen that the the local demand has uh, taken over what uh, used to come from the Estonian side
0: yeah, I still I couldn't believe that it was it was so much though cuz you know I have heard you know it's one of those things that people love to talk about, you know that oh, Estonians love to come down to alcohol, you know to to and you know by um you know by by alcohol, by liquor, you know and I always thought like okay, yeah, you know, it's but you know, so it you know dropped from uh you know over the course of a year from 33% to still 23%. So I mean, that's still okay, yeah, it's not a third anymore, but it's still like a quarter of the entire population. So very um yeah, that that, that that was surprising to me. So, um, but but everything that you said makes sense, and, and I think that yeah. that you're right on point with that. Um, so I think uh, we should really wrap things up now because uh, it's it's almost my bedtime as well. Uh, so so can you take us through the uh, week in history, Otto? Uh
1: I would love to. Uh, so uh, for uh, this week, uh, let's remember uh, April twenty fourth of eighteen seventy seven, and uh, that is the date when the Russo Turkish war started and you probably will have a question why am I mentioning this as part of the Latin American history exactly and this is uh, important and it actually makes sense because uh, this war so this conflict between the Russian Empire and Ottoman Turkey uh, was uh, one of the uh, reasons why uh, we have a Turkish community in Latvia Uh, Because at that time, we know that Latvia was part of the Russian Empire. You had Latvian soldiers who participated in this war. uh, But also, uh, when you had prisoners of war from both sides, uh, they got interned in their respective other countries. And uh, when uh, mm, approximately 100 Turkish uh, prisoners of war uh, were interned in one of the uh, military Uh, battles Uh, then uh, uh, this specific group uh, was interned in Latvia during the winter of 1877 and they were um, uh, transported to Cesis and Livani and it was interesting that uh, actually uh, many of them um, uh, decided to stay in uh, Latvia after the hostilities ended and they were uh, liberated Uh, Of course, uh, not all of them were very happy uh, or very able uh, to um, uh, find the Latvian weather and climate uh, quite uh, comforting or livable. At the same time, those who stayed and survived uh, the harsh weather, um, they uh, continued to live in our country. Um, And it was interesting to know that also, uh, as the local uh, citizens uh, enjoyed the bread that the Turkish uh, people were uh, baking, uh, uh the Turkish community opened uh their own bakery in Ceces and also um as a testament to their presence uh, in our country and specifically in Ceces uh there is a Turkish cemetery uh which um, is uh one of the uh, most interesting uh, cultural artifacts that you can find in our country uh, uh, looking at our different aspects of history, th- this is certainly uh, one of the most uh, interesting aspects if we talk about the ways how different cultures and civilizations uh, get in touch with uh, one another and I'm glad to say that uh, the cemetery has been kept up well and already in 1957 um, you had a cemetery ensemble that was um, established And um, uh, already in uh, 2004, uh, this uh, ensemble was uh, repaired, and it is nice that uh, this uh, heritage is remembered and makes a part of the uh, rich fabric of uh, what our society is.
0: Wow! Thank you very much for that. I I did not know anything about that story actually, so I've, I've I've got to do some reading into that now. That that that's absolutely fascinating. Um, but uh, that I think really should do it for this week so thank you for all of you who have listened to an hour and a half of Otto and I going through the news Um, but uh, you know, some weeks there is just more than uh, others to to discuss and uh, and this was a very very interesting week or at least I hope that it was an interesting week for you it was an interesting week for me to discuss with you Otto so any uh, last words you'd like to say to our listeners before we sign off for this week
1: Thank you for following us. Uh, take care and hope to, to um, meet with you again next time.
0: Certainly, yes. And in the meantime, you can uh, subscribe to our Facebook page, which uh, uh, Keen has been uh, doing a great job of uh, keeping updated with stories of the day. Um, but otherwise, then uh, take care, everyone, as Otto said, and we will see you next week. And vis a